This is Theology Refresh, and we're here with Dr. Russell Moore talking about the doctrine of the Christian life. That's our way of talking about ethics. Dr. Moore, thank you for joining us again. Good to be with you. On the podcast. Uh, this is for pastors, other Christian leaders to sharpen different areas of your thinking and theology for use in practical ministry. And this is a very practical topic because mm -hmm. we're talking ethics, mm -hmm. Christian life. Mm -hmm. Dr. Moore, what is ethics? Well, I think when most people think ethics, they think either personal moral choices alone or they think politics. Uh, now, both of those two things are included in ethics and a Christian understanding, but that's not the entirety of it. I think in Scripture, the way that you see an ethical vision of reality is first and foremost to do what Jesus tells us to do, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, that's ethics. Well, what, 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 are you, what are you doing when you're seeking the kingdom of God? Uh, you're seeking the kingdom of God, God's, God's rule and God's reign. So what does that look like? What, what pleases God? What kind of uh, life together pleases God? What, when, when we see that, that God in Christ uh, responds to uh, the cries of the, the fatherless or of the widow or of the oppressed, well, that informs the way that we ought to, to live and how we imitate Christ and how we live the life of Christ out. And it also changes our dynamic congregationally. And so I, I think even before we get to some of the, the questions that kind of immediately come up when we think about ethics in society, those dynamics exist within, within the church. How do we love one another? How do we bear with one another? How do we bear one another's burdens? All of those things are encompassed in ethics. And so a pastor or church leader has to deal with ethical issues. And not only because part of what it means to be sanctified means to be able to think ethically. Uh, I, I need to be able to discern between good and evil. That's maturity, Scripture says. Uh, but, but also because uh, in preaching the gospel, uh, much of what you're doing is a call to repentance that has to be defined ethically. What does repentance even look like, even at the very beginning stage of the Christian life? Uh, I teach future pastors ethics uh, every semester, and one of the things that I did uh, several years ago was their final exam was this. You're pastoring a church. A woman comes to see you. She's 50 years old. She says, I believe the gospel, I repent of my sin, I wanna follow Christ, whatever it takes to follow Christ, I'll do. Here's my situation. She says, I was born a man. When I was 20 years old, had a gender reassignment surgery, I became a woman. I've lived as a woman for the past 30 years. All my coworkers know me as a woman, all my neighbors know me as a woman. And 10 years ago, I adopted a little girl. She doesn't know about my background, all she knows me as is mom. And this woman says to you, I don't know how to live as a man. I don't know what that would look like, but I want to follow Jesus. And so you tell me, what does it mean for me to be obedient to Christ? So you've got a rich young ruler situation, except with genuine repentance here. You have to give some kind of direction. What does it look like for her to obediently follow Christ? What does repentance look like for her? Does it mean having some other kind of surgery? Does it mean uh, living as a man? Does it mean continuing as she is, uh, living as a woman? What does that repentance look like? Well, that means you have to have an ethical understanding of what pleases God and, and what's good and, and what's evil. And sometimes that becomes very, very complex because of the complexities of human sin. Yeah, so you walk pastors, aspiring pastors through a whole course. Uh, what kinds of principles are you hoping they'll carry away? If they forget most of it or need to go back to their notes for that, what, what are the, the big items and principles you hope to teach in Christian ethics? Well, I think the, the main thing is 
ethics can't be just a, a, a list of issues with the right Christian answer to those issues because uh, ethical problems are, are right. changing. They're, they're far more complex than that. You can't, you can't anticipate the ways that people are going to be challenged in the future. Previous generations didn't have to think about in vitro fertilization. Is that right? Is that something a Christian ought to do? Human cloning, is that right? Is it something that a Christian ought to do? But you've got to have a, a broad picture of what does the kingdom of God look like? What does God delight in? What does God rejoice in? What does it mean to love neighbor? How, how do I love neighbor? How do I, how do I have a, a sense of, of the dignity of human beings and, and a sense of uh, the well-being of the community around me, of the common good? So I'm loving people made in the image of Christ. That means having a constant reflection upon who Jesus is, the kind of life he's ongoingly living, and then to be discerning. I mean, that, the, the critical part of ethics is right there in discernment. So you think about, I, I think ethics really is just a subset of wisdom. Scripture calls us to wisdom. Part of wisdom is discernment. And you think about Solomon. When Solomon prays for wisdom, why does he need wisdom? So that I can judge this people that you have given to me so that I can lead them, so that I can rule them. Well, every Christian is called to lead in some way, not, not all in the same way, but we're all called to lead. In order to do that, we have to have the kind of wisdom that can see the difference between good and evil, the difference between better and best, uh, and to be able to, to disciple people and to move in, in that way. So Solomon, how does his wisdom express itself? Well, right away, it's an ethical issue. Two women, one dead baby, one live baby. How do you get at that? Well, how does Solomon deal with that? It's not because he has a file that says, here's what you do when you, you have a, a dead baby and two mothers who are fighting over it. Probably he had never contemplated that situation happening before. But he knew human nature. He knew what mothers are like. He knew what maternal affection looks like. And he knew that it would be unjust simply to say, what difference does it make whether or not uh, one of these women is a murderer? Let's just leave things the way they are. That would be unethical, ungodly. He'd be justifying the wicked. So he had a sense of, of what delights God, of what, uh, of what God has given us in the kingdom of God in a way in which to walk. And then he was able to read the world around him, uh, to know what's happening, to be discerning, and to see. Uh, and see, look at the Proverbs. Uh, you have to be able to fear the Lord, know the word of the Lord. You also have to be able to observe so that you know taking a dog by the ears is, is not going to end in a good result. Ethical reflection is like that as well. You've got to be discerning and, and as Jesus puts it, shrewd. Uh, and you think of, think of the way that Jesus is always able in the scriptures to read the hearts of those around him. I don't think that that is Jesus in his deity really even doing anything supernatural at that point, although I do believe Jesus is, is God and, and that Jesus is supernatural, of course. But I believe that's Jesus in his humanity with the power of the Spirit, knowing what human nature is like, knowing what sin is like and how it shows up and how it expresses itself. And the longer that you grow in godliness and the longer you're observant of what's happening around you, uh, the more attuned you are to ethical reflection. Yeah, that's good. So we often tell people that uh, it's not that you don't do theology. If you don't think about it, 
that's right. you're doing theology is bad. And that's it's not right. that you don't do ethics. Oh, that's right. It's that if you don't give it any thought, you're doing bad ethics. Oh, that's right. And, and what happens is somebody is going to give you an ethical sense. So if, if in your congregation you don't ever talk about divorce, then you have an ethic of divorce. And the ethic of divorce is whatever is out there in the culture right now, which is, well, divorce is not a good thing. It, it's harmful to people, but it's often the best thing that you can do. And so in my situation, this is now an, an, an ethical thing to do. I've, I'm, I've fallen out of love with you, therefore I'm going to divorce you. Uh, so something is going to fill that in. Same thing is true, think of the uh, abortion issue. Uh, there's a, a prominent feminist leader who rightly, I think, scoffed at all of these polls that will happen that show that the majority of American people are pro-life. And sometimes Christians become really triumphant about that. Look majority of people, we're winning this argument. And she said, most Americans are pro-life with three exceptions, rape, incest, and my situation. And, th and that's exactly right. When it comes to me and when my life and my future is, it seems, jeopardized by the presence of this child, well, now I can adjust that. Well, how does that happen? That doesn't happen suddenly. You don't have a sudden breach of ethics. You have a conscience that's not able to operate, it's able to be shut down. And so Hebrews chapter six, that conscience has to be functioning and has to be working. Well, that happens in very, very small decisions every single day, keeping an operative conscience. And then in those moments, you know the difference between this secret abortion that seems to remove the consequences and actually what's happening in, in the sight of God. So for the listener who's thinking, you know, I haven't given much or any thought to ethics and is thinking, I, I need to do that. Go deep in the Bible and should read the newspaper and listen well to other people's mm -hmm. lives. What other kind of encouragement would you give them in getting better at this function of wisdom? In ethics? Well, I think they are thinking about ethics. Everybody is all the time. Uh, there was a, um, a, an article several years ago that talked about uh, ethical reflection in television daytime talk shows. Uh, in which she said, you'll notice in these talk shows, they can be talking about things that are so prurient and, and just immoral, and you can't judge me, nobody can judge me, and yet there's always a moral code there. Uh, you, when someone is wronged, that person expresses that. How, how dare you cheat on me? You know, that the, the wronged woman says. Same thing happens, you listen to uh, the radio, it's all about ethics. Uh, I'm raging against my father who mistreated me. That's wrong. I'm, I'm upset about that lover who walked away. That's wrong. So there is a sense of ethics. There's, everybody has that sense. It's just whether or not that is biblically attuned. And so I think that means living a life that's immersed in the Word of God, uh, looking around and, and questioning. You know, think about the way Jesus dealt with the Pharisees when they said, you're casting out demons because you're demon-possessed. Jesus reasons with them to say, does that really make sense? Do you really, you think I'm demon-possessed and that turns me into an exorcist? If that's the case, then the kingdom of Satan is in a civil war, so why are you worried about it? You know, we, we sit and we, we reason with one another. And then I think it, it means cultivating a love for people and not people in the abstract. 
but the real people who are living around us with all their flaws and foibles. Easy to love the family, not easy to love my mother-in-law. I'm not talking about personally my mother-in-law, but somebody's mother-in-law. So that, that person in my family, hard for me to do that. Or it's easy for me to love the poor. It's hard for me to love that guy that I've given money to and he's gone out and he's blown it again on heroin. Uh, so how do I love? What does that concretely look like in this person's life? And uh, sometimes that means a long period of reflection over a whole life. Hmm. Thank you for joining us. Would you close us in prayer for Absolutely. our listeners? Father, I'd like to pray for the pastors and leaders and the parents and the community uh, leaders that are listening to this right now. And Father, I pray that you would give all of us the wisdom to see the times around us that we can see those, those places where we're evading the word of God, where we are walking in darkness rather than walking after the pattern of Christ in light. And Father, would you correct us and would you cause us to not call that which is evil good, but to rejoice in the good that you've given us in the kingdom of Christ. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.